Our next speaker this evening is the founder and executive editor of the fantastic independent news website, 21st Century Wire. It sounds like you're all aware that 21st Century Wire really is at the vanguard of independent journalism. It's a multimedia platform featuring original articles, news analysis, and also the wonderful weekly Sunday Wire radio show. Patrick is himself an investigative journalist and has written many reports on a vast array of geopolitical issues. So let's put our hands together for Patrick Henningsen. I'm, uh, I'm thinking of coming, should I come down to the stage downstairs? Just to switch the energy up a little bit, hold on. No, no. Okay, uh, I, I didn't realize the balconies. I feel a bit like Howard Beale in the network up here. 3% of you people don't even read books, and 15% don't read newspapers, and woe be us. So, why, why are we here tonight? Why are we here tonight? This is a, an issue that uh, resonates with a lot of people. They didn't do any marketing tonight. They just put a link up on Facebook and there's 550 people here. So, obviously this is an important issue for a lot of people. And we're not here to bash the media, bash people who work for the mainstream media, bash journalists, no matter how many lies they might have printed uh, before all of the last wars, interventions, humanitarian interventions. That's not why we're here. We're here, I think, because a lot of people think that there's something wrong uh, with the media. What is this term media? It's not the same as the press. I've got a press card in my pocket. It says press on it. So I'm an accredited journalist it doesn't say media on it. What is media? Media can be anything you want it to be. What is the standard for media coverage? And we only have to look at so many different interventions. Here are the big players here. And after the last election, they're decrying the scourge of fake news. We need to do something about this fake news. And I'm going to contend tonight that the biggest fake news producers throughout history are these corporations. Now that doesn't mean everybody who writes or works for these people is, is, is a bad journalist, but let's be honest. The fake news that's produced by the New York Times, and this is proven, this is documented, and if some people here don't agree with me, it's probably because you haven't done the research to find out what I'm saying is true. The New York Times, the Washington Post, CNN, CBS, NBC, Al Jazeera, Fox, The Guardian, all of them have published lies in the run-up to a military intervention or a humanitarian intervention. So this isn't conspiracy theorism, this is real. This is a tough issue. This material that's been presented tonight is difficult material for a lot of people. There's, there's veterans here. There's a lot of people here that have firsthand experience of some of the things that we're presenting. 
There's reporters who have been to some of these war zones who have had post-traumatic stress disorder as a result of seeing what they've seen. This is very real. But a lot of the stuff that's being published and printed is not real. A lot of it is fake. A lot of it is fabricated. It's done intentionally so. I, don't, I can't explain exactly why. Some people might say this is how the deep state behaves. So people like myself or Vanessa Bealey or any of these speakers here get attacked, get called uh, conspiracy theorists. There's journalists here tonight that will go back and write their columns in the morning saying, what a bunch of lunatic conspiracy theorists, flat earthers, Illuminati, blah, blah, blah. Okay? And that's what you get paid to do. There's no money in telling the truth. But if the people who make a good living, the people who make a good living are the ones who lie for a living. And the people who tell the truth, there's a cost associated with that. You can lose your job. You get fired. Anybody who works in media is here tonight? I don't think you can argue with that. This is why I will never be asked to speak on the BBC or CNN. For, for, I'll tell you that for sure. And I've been told that by a BBC executive, you will never speak on the BBC, he said to me. I was like, okay. <laughs> so the main thing is there is a correlation between the ownership, a direct correlation, it's a fact, between the ownership of media and the defense industry. This was from Project Censored in 2010. Carlisle Group, New York Times, same board member. Bechtel, NBC, GE, General Electric, ABC, Boeing, Halliburton, Disney, Gannett, Lockheed Martin, the list goes on. The names change every few years. So why, why do they publish so much war propaganda? There's, there's a good indication of where to start looking. Okay, that's not a conspiracy theory, that's a fact. And so, th this is marketed as an alternative media outlet, BuzzFeed. 200 million from NBC. And NBC is partly owned by a defense contractor. So BuzzFeed is not alternative. A lot of people love Vice News. Where did they get their seed capital from? Rupert Murdoch, 70 million. Is that a conspiracy theory? No, it's a fact. Watch Vice's coverage of Syria and ask yourself <laughs> how they're embedded with ISIS two years ago. I still can't figure that one out. They must be really good. So the level of the lies is unbelievable and it's painful to go back and look at them, but we do have to. This was uh, in the run-up to the Libyan war or the NATO bombing or the no-fly zone or whatever they, it turned out to be that Gaddafi was issuing Viagra so his soldiers would commit mass rape. Al Jazeera launched this fake news story. And this was instrumental in getting a lot of the public to get behind the no-fly zone and the bombing zone, which it became eventually. This is a total lie. I've got a whole, I've got 50 slides of different lies, which I could give a two-hour presentation on Libya alone. I could write a dissertation on this, just Libya. Unbelievable. Hillary Clinton was very instrumental in propagating that lie. Nothing against Hillary, but she lied. So they're still at it. This is the Daily Beast. This is uh, 
owned, in, owned, I believe, by the founder of Fox News, Barry Diller. This is marketed as a kind of alternative website. It feeds CNN with stories, basically. Here's one, that women were committing mass suicide in East Aleppo to avoid being raped by Assad soldiers. Fake, 100%. Who propagated this story? Michael Wise, former communications director of the Henry Jackson Society, CNN special contributor. Okay? His source was an Al-Qaeda affiliate called the Levant Front, which he was in close consultation with all last November and December. That's a lie, but that went out over the American airwaves and influenced American opinion on what was really happening in Syria. Can't you see, this is just the tip of the iceberg. I've got so many examples of this, and so do the speakers. So, objectivity. The media likes to talk about objectivity. You need to show both sides of the story. The problem is the whole of the mainstream media only showed one side of the story for the last six years in Syria, which was the side of Al-Qaeda, or Al-Nusra Front, or the rebels, the moderate rebels that we're still looking for. A bit like the WMDs in Iraq. No one has found any yet. So this is one of the objective reporters from CNN, Clarissa Ward. She gets paid very well. To, they recruited her out of acting school, or she, went to, she wanted to be an actress, and then she became their frontline foreign correspondent. Here she is. The problem is, she's, there's nothing wrong with being an actor. But, you know, when you start working in the press, maybe you should stop. She's still doing it. Here she is in full garb, uh, under, in disguise with the opposition in East Aleppo or in Syria. This is two years ago. This was the biggest piece of propaganda you've ever seen. And CNN made a meal of it for a week. And she won lots of awards, and she's well paid for that. Okay? Does anybody, has anybody seen this photo in the paper? <laughs> this, this is the investigation after the Kanchahun sarin attack. What is this? What is this? Who are these people? What are they doing? Is this, what is this? This passed for media coverage on so many major outlets. People don't question it at the time. A lot of people because they're afraid, because they're shocked. But you look at it after a few months and you're like, actually that looks really ridiculous. Okay, this has been, this attack has been debunked and discredited by a number of award-winning journalists, including Gareth Porter and another, of other people like Seymour Horsch and many others, okay? So even mainstream journalists have discredited this, but the talking point has penetrated the public consciousness, and most people, if you ask them in the street who don't follow the nitty-gritty details of this, will say, well, Assad uh, launched a sarin attack against his own people, and that's a bad thing, and we support Trump's cruise missile strike, and unbelievable. And this, this has happened before. It's not the first time. So the government media complex, just, just quickly run through the, the fake news. Sink, I'll go all the way back to 1898, 1896, the sinking of the Maine, William Randolph Hearst, who was the uh, predecessor to uh, Mur Rupert Murdoch, I guess, of his day, Horace Greeley before William Randolph Hearst. That's fake. Belgium babies on bayonets. A lot of people don't remember that, World War I, where we weren't around. That was a fake story that helped to get the war going. The Gulf of Tonkin, fake. Nicaraguan freedom fighters, 
Everybody loved that story. Kuwait babies in incubators, Saddam and 9-11, Saddam's connection to 9-11, Saddam's nukes, the Kosovo Albanian genocide. Does anybody remember that? The only problem is it never happened. Gitmo, full of terrorists. If anybody's seen Taxi from the Dark Side, I think the case is kind of clear. Gitmo is not full of terrorists. Qaddafi gunning down peaceful protesters in Green Square. That was the basis for a no-fly zone. Turns out it never happened. Does any, if anyone wants to challenge me on any of these points, I welcome you, and I'll be happy to discuss uh, whether you think this is true. I don't have to stand here and prove it, but you'll say, prove it. Just use your smartphone, use your laptop, just Google it, do a little reading. Why should, why should the burden of proof be on me to prove what is fact, historical fact? You proved to me that Qaddafi was gunning down peaceful protesters in Libya. Prove that to me. Prove Saddam had weapons of mass destruction. Prove that to me. Prove that to me that 100,000 ethnic Albanians were slaughtered by Milosevic. No one's proven this yet. But that was the basis for the war. And the media went with it. Benghazi genocide, Russia invaded Ukraine. That's one of my personal favorites. I don't want to, I don't want to offend anybody that's an expert on this subject, but I was uh, talking to somebody the other day, so Russia invaded Crimea, and I said, did you know that Russia has 26,000 troops and military personnel stationed at Sevastopol? Well, no. Yeah, that's where the Black Sea Fleet's been based since Catherine the Great. You can't invade yourself. So Assad's, Assad's chlorine bombs, fake, didn't happen. And here's a bunch of others. It's just endless. Banna of Aleppo, we'll talk about her later maybe. Iran is the number one sponsor of state terror in the world. This is coming out of the White House. Uh, Kim's army of hackers, Kim Jong-un. This is a nice fake story. It's been circulated on CNN. They're all lies. I challenge anybody to prove that any of those are not fake. We said this a year ago, and for, for my, my payment for this was that I was put on a list, a fake news list, by two leading academics in the United States. We said it was a hoax. They have not pr provided a shred of evidence, and the media has run 24-7 for 12 months about Russia hacking the U.S. elections. Every channel, every paper, okay? Talk about fake news, and is that not a problem? Is this not a problem? I think this is a huge problem. And the United States government has wasted over $100 million chasing windmills. So this is the solution. F Facebook says we need to do something. We need to put together the first draft coalition. Facebook, New York Times, the Washington Post, Twitter, they're all getting together to solve this problem of fake news. Google, everybody's involved in this great noble project because they think that somehow fake news got Donald Trump elected last November, which is a ridiculous conspiracy theory, okay? But it's an official conspiracy theory, so it's okay. So let me just say what the media are up to. This is the FT. They're hiring AI to write stories, financial stories. 
this is a real story. So artificial intelligence, generating articles, Narrative Science is one of the companies that's contracted to do this. Here's another one, Associated Press. They're using another one of these companies. I think Automated Outcomes. So the mainstream media are now having computers write certain articles for them, okay? I don't, I don't even get into the problems of the stock market, which is AI, black spot trading, running off of AI articles to affect market changes. You can see the problem with this loop. But this is what the media are doing right now, uh, some of them anyway, not all of them, but you know, sooner or later, journalists might be replaced by computers one day. It's already happening. So this is the problem. They want to, and there is an AI system that Facebook and Google will be implementing to monitor and do fact checking. Okay, fact checking because of the problem of fake news. And the problem is we, we are risking basically destroying everything that we've done up to this point post enlightenment where the marketplace of ideas, the robustness of something which Professor Tim Hayward talked about earlier, that will decide whether something's true or not. This is now, the corporations have their solution for this, which is to hand it over to an AI, a very narrow AI. So here's the first draft partners. You can see you've got everybody in there, Vice, The Guardian, you've got uh, The Telegraph, Reuters, you've got, uh, they're all in there, NBC News. Look at this, even CNN is on the coalition to fight fake news. That's like putting Tony Blair in charge of the Middle East peace process, right? But wait, didn't they try, he, he, he was put in charge of the Middle East process, actually. Interesting. So, so this is what CNN, I pulled this just from last week. CNN claims that Putin took over Pokemon Go to somehow confuse the American public. We don't know why, but this was the headline story for CNN last week. I, I wish this was satire, folks. And they're in charge of policing this problem of fake news. This is a billion dollar corporation. This is ridiculous. So should I trust them on how they're reporting on Syria when they're doing stuff like this? Is, is the fake news problem from bloggers or obscure, uh, stupid clickbait sites from Macedonia? Or is this the problem of fake news right here? This is a major corporation. CNN thinks so. So let's get to some real news. I'll finish off with some real stories. This is a story that got passed up, which we reported in 2015, which was broke by a very good journalist named Nafis Ahmed. This is about a British oil company involved in the trading of ISIS oil with the Kurdish regional government. This is kind of an interesting story. Don't you think this would deserve some headline status, right? Because everyone wants to fight ISIS. Everyone wants ISIS to go away. So why not cut off their lifeline? Well, if a, a company with the support of the British government is somehow involved, which is what the accusation is from this report, isn't that important? Doesn't that deserve all of the media to get in and find out what's going on there? This is the oil ends up in Turkey at this port. This is a NATO member laundering ISIS oil, a NATO member a member of the coalition to fight ISIS, who wants to be in the EU. This is worth knowing, isn't it? Apparently not, it's not worth knowing. 
So there's Tony Hayward, who was chairman of Janelle Energy. Does everybody remember the BP Deepwater Horizon disaster? Well, this is what he's been busy doing, is looking for oil in the Middle East. And there's Nat Rothschild and their local partner, Mehmet Sepil from Turkey. So here's another real story, which I'll try to finish off with. 350 diplomatic flights carrying weapons that ended up in the hands of the Syrian so-called rebels, including al-Nusra Front and ISIS, using diplomatic permission to pass over countries. And these are all weapons paid for. The contracts were raised by the US DOD, paid for by Saudi Arabia, and weapons from Eastern Europe. Is this a fake story? This is a billion dollars worth of non-US standard weapons. They've ended up in the hands of terrorists, paid for by, by, partly by our tax money, okay? And we're fighting terrorism in the war on terror. So this was a story by a Bulgarian journalist, Diliana Gitiniera. So that's a real story, and guess what? There's a major newspaper that might be here tonight. They have all this information. They didn't run a story on it, though. They sat on it. They've spiked it. Who knows? It's not sexy enough. Do you think this is a sexy story? It should be. But it's not, apparently. So how do we know? Well, there's an ISIS video. There's the RPG, the rocket-propelled grenade, 44 millimeter, in the hands of ISIS. We trace it back. There's the shipment. The journalist found this in East Aleppo and matched it to the flight manifests. All the contents of all these flights, Germany's involved, Sweden's involved, Bulgaria's involved, EU countries are involved. It's all here. Is there anybody from the mainstream media, a major paper here tonight? Anybody? Anyone? Don't be shy. It, it, if you want, I will give you these documents right now, if you want them, under one condition. If you think this is a compelling story, report on it. I'll hand this to you right now. I'll meet you, I'll meet you afterwards, downstairs. <laughs> No, I'm going to get him a promotion and a Pulitzer Prize because they won't give it to me. Soon, soon, to be, soon to be a great newspaper because of men like that, I hope. Thank you. Okay. But this is what the Washington Post ran to bury the story I just showed you, which is an identical story about North Korea shipping small arms, and what a horrible thing this is. Turns out they bought it from Egypt. This was an over-the-counter deal. So the Washington Post used this to bury that story. This happens all the time. Okay, so this is what we study, this is what we do, and the reason we do it is to try to make people more informed. We don't have a big budget. Who am I? I'm, I'm a news consumer who just became a, a, a news producer. I'm a, you could call me a blogger, a reporter. But I'll tell you something. I've been to some of these places. I've seen the effects 
of foreign policy driven by disinformation. Okay? We have people generating policy in, in the US, in NATO countries, based on lies and disinformation. Okay? And it filters through academia, through society. Lies, absolute, pure, fabricated lies in order to launch whatever intervention or responsibility to protect or whatever the, the international norm is of the day, okay? And you have to look back at these things and take them seriously. We, we have to get to a point where we see that this is important, that this is, it's urgent, okay? We need to see the urgency of these issues. And we need to know that uh, war is not inevitable. It's not inevitable. It shouldn't be inevitable. That's all. That's all. But uh, I appreciate everybody for coming tonight. And, you know, take a little bit of what you learned. Talk to people. I spend hours a week talking to people about these issues, and I don't get anything back uh, uh, materially from those conversations, but I just feel like it's my obligation to discuss these things with everybody, okay? If everybody does this, hopefully we'll be a smarter society, and our governments will make smarter choices, and if they don't, then we have to vote them out and flip the government, or whatever it takes. But we can't not talk about these issues, and the media are obfuscating and sandboxing, uh, avoiding, denying so many of these important issues because people don't want to lose their jobs, because they like their pensions, because the status, because the awards, okay? We all want to have a, a, a career, but, you know, there's no money in it for, for me. I don't get paid by RT to speak on RT. I've, been, I've done almost 200 live segments on RT. I don't get paid for that. That's me talking. Every lie I showed you on that list, it's true. It's historically verifiable. So if I say that on RT, how, does that all of a sudden make it Russian propaganda? <laughs> so, so that's the argument the establishment's making, that because you say what's true, but you say it on a Russian network, that somehow it's Russian propaganda, it's Putin, and you're a Kremlin stooge. And there will be uh, journalists here tonight who will put that in their article tomorrow. I guarantee it. Predictable. But that is the most bogus, logical fallacy, uh, a total fraud from a journalistic point of view. But that's what's norm. They've tossed all standards out the window, say whatever you want about Russia, and they say, oh, Russia did Russian Facebook bots. Uh, that turned out to be a complete bogus story. Did everyone see that the last couple of weeks? Okay, so <laughs> the, point, the point is, the media think that they can, uh, tell but don't show when it comes to all these accusations. And all the people that have derided 21st Century Wire or the reporting of people sitting on this, these chairs here have never once pointed out any specifics of anything that was factually incorrect because they can't. Because uh, we will do our best to publish what we think is correct and to give citations where they, where they need to be. We're not putting out fake news, not like CNN not like New York Times, not like the Washington Post, okay? They're putting out actual fake news. No problem. You don't get fined for that, not get censored. So the, play, the playing field's not level, but we're used to that. 
We'll keep on doing what we're doing, and we appreciate everybody being here tonight. Thank you.